0: Welcome to PodCraft, honing the art of podcasting. The bite-sized show that covers one topic in depth each series. Your complete podcasting guide. PodCraft brings the pieces together so you don't have to. And now your host, Colin Gray. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of Podcraft. This season, we're doing monetization. How to make a penny or a living out of your podcast. And we've covered just about all the topics now. Uh, getting towards the end of the season, on now to crowdfunding. Something that is pretty fashionable right now. People looking into crowdfunding for all sorts of projects, more often products uh, than something as intangible as a podcast. But I wanted to raise it on this because some podcasts have done really well, actually, out of crowdfunding. So, it's something we're going to talk about in this episode. And you can look back at all the episodes from sponsorship to selling a product to all sorts of ways to make money out of your podcast. For the resources and everything mentioned on this episode as well, just go to podcraft.net forward slash 507. But this time around, it's crowdfunding. So let's get started. The Podcast Host, honing your skills. Get your free equipment buyer's guide at thepodcasthost.com forward slash kit. Get the right equipment first time. Okay, crowdfunding. So how does this work for podcasting? Really, it's not the most well-explored area. Uh, I've been looking around for examples for this, and there are a few good ones out there, uh, but it's certainly not something that a lot of people are doing. So what I think is worthwhile doing on this episode is actually just going through the examples that I've come across. So some good case studies on people who are using crowdfunding in their podcasting. And maybe tie that into examples of how you can do it in your own show as well. So we'll start off with the, the smaller examples uh, and ways that that could be used for yourself because really uh, some of the, uh, the most uh, successful examples of this are quite big, quite big names with already established communities. So possibly not entirely relatable to a lot of us um, on the show or you out there listening. So we'll start with the small ones though and uh, work our way up. So the first example I want to go through is a wrestling podcast, which actually just put out a call for equipment. So they did a crowdfunding campaign simply to try and raise some money for equipment to upgrade their audio production process. Uh, really their audio quality, I suppose. So it's probably the most basic call, the most uh, common uh, cost for any podcast just to buy a new kit, to make yourself sound better. And it's a a natural benefit to the listener as well. You can say, well, we're going to buy a new mixer, we're going to buy a new mix, and we're going to sound better. We're going to have less background noise, all that kind of stuff. So you can actually sell it as a benefit to the listener as well. So this is maybe the entry-level version of crowdfunding. It's where you can sort of jump in at the early stage. Just say, right, These are the two microphones we need. This is the mixer we need. We need $500 for this. This is what we need on our Kickstarter or our Indiegogo. So there's an example of this in the form of a wrestling podcast in the US. They looked for $500 to get some new microphones and they succeeded in that. So they actually put that call out to their community, primed their community ahead of time before the Kickstarter went out. Uh, it's told the audience what the benefits were. This is the the new mics we're looking at. This is why it's going to benefit you. Audio quality, all that kind of stuff. And then basically just asked people to donate. Now, they succeeded in that. Whereas another podcast called The Jerks Podcast tried to do the same thing. They tried to raise 2,500 uh two and a half thousand dollars even for a set of equipment to upgrade their audio quality and they didn't quite manage that. Uh, They didn't get any donations in fact. Uh, Now that was down to a lack of priming of the audience, down to a lack of sort of hype around it, a lack of promotion of the the Kickstarter itself. But we'll go into more of those of success characteristics a little bit later in the episode when we look at the more successful, the bigger ones. Um, But that's a sort of starter level. That's a couple of podcasts who uh, went for an equipment upgrade type of Kickstarter, type of crowdfunding campaign, one of which was successful, one of which wasn't. So you can definitely jump into crowdfunding at sort of a few hundred up to a thousand level if that's where you want to start. Now moving up, we've got another case study which is still a small ish goal, but actually still a fair bit my a fair amount of money for most of us. Now, this is the tales of the red. Clay Rambler. His podcast uh, is around, well, he is a potter, so he makes pottery, Uh, creates uh, mugs and teapots and all that kind of stuff. And the podcast revolves around interviews with other artists and craftspeople. So it's kind of a a creatives podcast that really sort of delves into the culture around the art and the creativity that goes into uh, all the artists that he talks to. So they look for seven and a half thousand dollars on Kickstarter and they ended up raising almost double that at 14,000. And really, the purpose of this was simply to fund season three of the show. So there wasn't really anything complicated about this. It was just, we want to create season three. Uh, we've already created a bunch of good content. We want to create the next one. So please help us with this. And here we go into one of the success characteristics I was talking about earlier. One of the ways that you can help people to buy into your Kickstarter, or your crowdfunding campaign. And that is by justifying your costs really well. So the Tales of a Red Clay Rambler podcast did this well. He talked about all of the things that goes into his podcast. He outlined the, the, the requirements for every single episode that he produces. And they come in the form of travel. So he actually goes out and he travels to the people. He interviews them in person. Which, uh, as I've talked about before, always creates a bit more of a, a dynamic podcast. A bit more of a personal feel. Maybe slightly better content in general than doing it distance via Skype. He also talked about equipment. So we've talked about that a bit already. He wanted to upgrade the kit. So new microphones, new, uh, new mixers, that type of stuff to make everyone sound better. And he also talked about production costs. So they're quite a well-produced show put a bit of time into it. He claims that for every hour of show, it takes them 10 hours to produce. So, I mean, that's a fair bit of time that they're putting into that. And he uh, put that down as one of the aims of the Kickstarter um, for them to put some more money into production to maybe take on some people to actually help them with those production costs. So he was really clear with everything that the money was going to be spent on. And obviously that counts for the previous ones too. So the equipment-based ones, it's not as complicated, obviously. They're just saying, well, we want these two microphones. This is exactly how much it costs. That's what we're raising. This one here, the Tales of a Red Clay Rambler, he's saying it's to fund season three. So it's a bit more intangible. So he's talking about all the costs that go into creating that season. And that's when you can start to raise a bit more money as well. When you can actually say that... Um, we're going to produce a lot of stuff here. We're going to produce a whole season of great content for you, just like the stuff you've enjoyed before, and this is how much it costs us to create it. So please help us out with that. Now, the rewards that they were offering are notable in that they're very listener-centric, so some Kickstarters fall down because they offer quite generic rewards, just sort of standard swag, maybe uh, t-shirts or um, or maybe just a mention or something on the show. And of course, that's good stuff. I mean, that's all good things to put in there. I'm not saying don't put them in because some people would love to be mentioned on the show that they listen to all the time. They would love a t-shirt to show their loyalty, but it is still a little bit generic. It still is something that you can get with most crowdfunding campaigns. That's the type of thing people put out. By all means, don't leave it out. But this one was notable because it had more very listener-centric type stuff. So the people that listen to this are really interested in artistry and craft. And he offered a lot of handcrafted unique um, items. With this, so a lot of it was from his own workshop, so pottery. So he offered uh, unique teacups, unique teapots, stuff that you can't get anywhere else, and really ties into the type of people that listen to the show. So stuff that really ties into their psyche, maybe really encourages them to to contribute to that crowdfunding campaign, and also instructional videos. So he actually created some instructional videos around how he creates pottery for people that listen to the show for the purposes of learning more about that type of stuff. I mean, he knows his listeners are really into that. That's the kind of thing that they're actually going to pay a good bit of money on. And the fact that that's personal instruction, it's, it's something that he's done himself, spent time on, it's not really something that there's a, a natural value to. And therefore, they were quite high level rewards. So they were in the $100 mark just for an instructional video. And this is a funny thing about Kickstarter is the fact that People aren't really, I mean, there has to be a value on the rewards that you're giving, but obviously it can be quite a bit of a higher value. Maybe people wouldn't pay $100 for an instructional video if you were to sell it as a course, but because it's a Kickstarter, because you feel like you're supporting something, you're contributing to something, contributing to continue this show, season three, you're also thinking, oh, I'm getting some extra value here. I'm getting these instructional videos he spent time on creating you can create these reward levels that are quite high level that perhaps are sold at a much higher value than they could be otherwise. And he added on a few other quite personal ones as well towards the end around coaching sessions and seminars. So it's stuff that he actually went and did in person. I mean, this is one of the highest value rewards you can offer, obviously, which is your personal time. So if you can afford to do that and you limit it, obviously, I mean, you can't give away a thousand uh, uh, sessions or seminars or anything, uh, take up too much of your time. But if you can offer a limited amount at a really high value um, and you have a really loyal fan base, then people are going to pay for your time. So it's something that's really worth putting into your crowdfunding campaign. Now there's quite a good uh, example, quite equivalent, uh, over in the UK though, so over here in the UK, The Tales of a Red Clear Rambler is a US podcast, but just to give a UK equivalent is the Media podcast. Now he, uh, the host of the media podcast, wanted to put out uh, fortnightly shows for the coming year and the Kickstarter, or the crowdfunding, sorry, I keep saying Kickstarter because it's the most, probably the most well-known crowdfunding uh, platform, but obviously it's not the only one. A few of these are Indiegogo ones as well, and there's plenty of other crowdfunding campaign uh, platforms out there. But anyway, the media podcast started a crowdfunding campaign, the aim of which was to put out fortnightly shows for the coming year. Had a £9,000 goal. And they just beat it. So that's probably equivalent to about $15,000 or so. So just above the level of the Tales for Red Clay Rambler. And they just promised nothing more than more of the same. So this is an example, I think, of a campaign which really relied on the quality of what they were putting out already, the loyalty of their listeners, that community that he's built up around the media podcast because it wasn't even really justifying the cost around. I mean, you talked a little bit about what goes into creating the show, but really it was just, I want to create more of this. I want to get in more better interviewees and I need some money to actually put uh, some time into this. Uh, and I would really appreciate your help with it. So it was quite a simple ask, a simple campaign. Rewards on this one were interesting. Uh, Anything from a simple thank you uh, on the show, so a shout out, up to a private media area. So this was actually access to um, extras from the show or videos of the interviews, that type of stuff. There was also an event on this one which I thought was very interesting an autumn ball. So it was a collection of all of the, uh, a collective of all the. Uh, people who donated to that level would get together at an event and be able to, to hobnob with each other and the host and quite a lot of the interviewees as well. This guy obviously always, uh, has connections, so he has a tour of the BBC as well, so obviously works with the BBC, can get people into the BBC studios, and also works with uh, the Fun Kids podcast, so he offered the chance to uh, for a donator's child to co-host the Fun Kids podcast, which is a really fun little uh, unique event. Uh, uh reward to offer there i thought that was great and then you get up to the really um the personal ones the, the personal time ones as i mentioned before which was dinner with the producer and picnic with the host as well so that's stuff where you're only going to offer a few of them but obviously you can put them at a really high level even in the thousands because it's going to be the really loyal listeners uh, or people that want to pick your brains about um about the topic that you're expert on so uh yeah worthwhile putting in a couple of them if you can afford the time or uh, uh, have the inclination to do that So moving next on to the higher level campaigns and what we can learn from them, there's a couple of pretty obvious ones, probably the most well-known ones out there, uh, which are the Radio Diaries from Radiotopia and 99% Invisible as well, which is probably the most famous crowdfunded podcast project out there. So to start with Radio Diaries, uh, Radiotopia, obviously a big uh, NPR uh, company, well they they broadcast their stories on NPR and elsewhere. They were looking for 40000 to fund their next season Uh, and they also wanted to up the frequency of it as well. So there's an idea around how to increase the value. So I mean every time you put out a crowdfunding campaign you want to give the the listener or the campaign backer value so obviously that can be done through rewards they're going to get a reward but it can also be done through general value as well so everyone gets this this is why i want to crowdfund as opposed to just continuing the way i've done it before and in this case they were talking about making it bi-weekly so if they get the money they can afford to actually put out twice as much content which is obviously great for people who love the show so they ended up raising $61,000 of their 40k goals. They've obviously got a great audience out there. They primed their audience. They really sort of hyped up this. It was it was really like a product launch. They put out social, they put out blog posts, they put it out on the podcast as well ahead of time to really prime the audience and do the launch itself. Hopefully raising a good bit of that funding in the early days of the campaign. Now, that's a similar approach to 99% Invisible, which obviously has a huge audience, one of the most popular podcasts out there. They had a goal of 42000 for the very first uh, crowdfunding campaign. They were just funding season three and they ended up raising $170,000. So they uh, beat their they beat their uh, their aim by almost uh, four times, which is just ridiculous. Well, actually more than four times, sorry. <laughs> Math's going wrong there, which just seems ridiculous. Um, their next season, so they've crowdfunded season four as well, had a goal of $150,000, ended up getting nearly, well, more than double that, $375,000. So shows the kind of money that can be made by a podcast when you're putting out great content, you have a really loyal audience. Now, on that loyal audience thing, this is something that is, uh, applies to any crowdfunding campaign, but something really important with podcasting ones as well. And that's the fact that I mentioned already Radio Diaries and 99% Invisible, they really primed their audience. They treated it like a launch, blog posts, uh, podcasts, social media, all that leading up to the launch and then really try to gain that momentum in the first week or so. Now, the big key with crowdfunding campaigns is that the vast majority of crowdfunding campaigns that succeed actually raise the bulk of their money in the first few days. So crowdfunding campaigns really need to gain momentum in that way. Sort of success begets success. So if people see a crowdfunding campaign doing really well, then that really sets it up to gain momentum and succeed over the, the full month. So say your crowdfunding campaign is running for a full month, you want to be getting 50% or more of your uh, your goal within that first few days, actually. And it's very rare, apparently, talking to crowdfunding experts, it's very rare for crowdfunding campaigns to... Do sort of badly in the first week or so to two weeks, or if they even only get sort of 10%, 20% in the first couple of days, the first week, then generally it's quite unlikely that that campaign will succeed in general. Even if you were to say that they were to keep getting that same proportion each week. So really, it's all about killing that first week, really getting people in there in that first week to really build that momentum, which will take you through right to the end, because that's the, stuff, that's the key part, the very start and the very end. That's when you want to get the most of your donations. Now, Radio Diaries and 99% Invisible offered some nice, uh, quite listener-centric rewards. Uh, Radio Diaries, for example, had uh, a presentation for a company. So you could actually get Radio Diaries to go out to your company and give you a session on how to use storytelling, how to really use that to, to boost your uh, your business branding. And also a one-to-one storyteller mentoring, which would be great. They, they would go out and talk to you for five hours um, for that level. I mean, it was about $2,000 to get it. So it was obviously pretty high level. Uh, but uh, to get those storytelling experts to talk to for five hours, that could really boost um, either a business's activities or a person who's uh, creating great media. 99% Invisible were similar. They gave away a lot of swag, so a lot of really nicely designed swag. They're obviously a design uh, podcast, so they had really nicely designed T-shirts and lots and lots of posters by people they work with, so that's all really um, stuff that ties right into uh, the types of things that their listeners like and they were quite brave as well they offer the Bria producer for a day slot so they actually uh, for quite a high value obviously they can get somebody into their studio uh, who will contribute to one of the episodes of 99% Invisible actually give their opinions on what should go in what should go out and basically shape that episode which is really interesting I'd love to go in and just see that process if nothing else that would be something that would really appeal to a lot of people uh, that listen to that show okay, so that's a couple of examples of two of the bigger podcasting crowdfund uh, campaigns out there. Well, that give you a good example of how it can be done, the types of money that can be earned. Maybe that's a bit of a, a higher level than you'll be looking at right now, but still give some examples of the types of stuff you can do, the approaches you need to take. Last thing I want to do is look quickly at a couple of charity projects, actually. There's a couple of charity ones that, um, well, one charity directly and one probably charity, maybe more a community building project, which did really well out of crowdfunding, which might build something that applies to quite a few of you out there. Now, the first one was called Podcasting for Cancer. This was done on Indiegogo and it was by the, uh, the VMware team, which is quite a techie podcast, obviously. But they have a really loyal community, and one of their communities sadly lost one of their family members to cancer. And actually, a second member of their family contracted it as well over time. So, it really started some motivation around that community to do something about this, or at least to contribute to a charity that dealt with cancer, that tried to treat cancer. They set themselves a goal of $5,000, and they ended up raising twice that, just over $10,000. Uh, They offered lots of rewards, such as advertising, show shout-outs, for you to choose a show topic. It was all virtual and digital, though nothing hugely high value. But it just did really well, I think, because they put the message out there that really this was to raise money for charity. They were all contributing a lot of time to create new episodes, unique episodes, that uh, would go on their podcast feed, would give a lot of value to the listeners, but would also have the aim of contributing, obviously, to a charity at the same time. The other example uh, was called Podcasting Puerto Rico. Now, this was a school podcasting project, so maybe more uh, community building than charity, exactly. But their goal was to raise $5,000 to be able to go out to Puerto Rico and interview a lot of people in that community to find out more about the culture, the politics. I think it was around a Spanish podcast. So it was a Spanish teacher who was going to take some of his students out there to actually learn more about the culture and the language. And they would come back uh, and produce these interviews and create a podcast through it to actually uh, create something quite interesting for future students and also parents or, or just the general public. So they were trying to raise that 5000 to get out there and do this, mainly to cover travel and the like. They ended up raising $4,000, so didn't quite reach their goal, but because it was a flexible project in Indiegogo, they still got that money. They still managed to get out there and create something. And they were offering pretty standard rewards, such as uh, T-shirts, shout outs and the podcast. They also offered dinner at the school, so they would cook something Puerto Rican, uh, which is quite a nice little touch. Uh, So they'd go out there, learn a little bit about the culture, the food, and come back and cook something for um, a group of people that contributed to that reward. So the reason I'm mentioning these two is that they both did pretty well. Uh, They both really got the community rallying around them because of that charity, because of that social aspect. And I think there's a lot of podcasts out there that have the opportunity to do this, to find us a social enterprise type approach to their show, perhaps donating a proportion even of your uh, income or your crowdfunding project to that. Or it might even be that you can show how your podcast is going to help the community. It might be something that's highlighting the plight of somebody in your community, highlighting problems in the community, helping members of the community uh, that can really sort of spark, uh, sparks of inspiration in people to contribute to your show, um, to show that it's, it's really not just you that's getting money to do something you want to do, but you're benefiting other people as well. So that can be a really good driver to make a success of a crowdfunding project. Okay, so that's a few different ways to use crowdfunding in your podcasting or to, to fund your podcasting or to make a living out of your podcasting even. I mean, the, the big producers there that we talked about, the Radio Diaries and 99% Invisible, that's now essentially a business. I mean, 99% Invisible made over $300,000, which employs a range of people to create great, uh, great value, great quality content that really entertains people. It's, it's funding this content that... Same as of a TV or a radio show. So you can make a living out of it or you can at least just cover your costs, make a few pennies through this approach. So I hope that gave you some examples. So thanks again for coming along to another episode. Getting towards the end of the series now. As always, I'd appreciate it if you give me a shout. Let me know if you're doing any crowdfunding, if you're thinking about crowdfunding a podcast, if you have any ideas for crowdfunding, please do send through a tweet at the podcast host on Twitter, or email me through the website. Um, and uh, also put some comments in the show. So go to the show notes at podcraft.net forward slash 507 and you can put some questions or comments on there if you're doing it as well. Thanks again for listening and I'll talk to you next time. If you want more of everything podcasting, from equipment guides to podcasting courses head over to thepodcasthost.com and don't forget to give us some feedback (laughs) leave a comment at podcraft.net or send colin a tweet at the podcast host thanks for listening